Cantos seventy-two to seventy-five of Book Six of the Rama and of Balmiki, translated by Ralph D. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om One Two Three. Canto seventy-two, Ravan's Speech. The giants bent in rays and grief, their eyes upon the fallen chief. Then flying wild with fear and pale, the raven bore the mournful tale. He heard how Atikaya died, then turned him to his lords and cried, Where are they now, my bravest where? Wise to consult and prompt to dare. Where is Dumraksha skilled to wield all weapons in the battlefield? Accompan and Prahasta's might, and Kumbhakarn bold in fight. These, these, and many Irakshas more, each master of the arms he bore, who every foe in fight overthrew, the victors none could ever subdue, have perished by the might of one, the vengeful arm of Rago's son. In vain I cast mine eyes around, no match for Rama, here is found no chief to stand before that bow whose deadly shafts have caused our woe now warriors to your stations hands provide ye for the walls defence and bid our shoka garden where the lady lies your special care be every lane and passage barred set at each gate a chosen guard and with your troops, where danger calls, be ready to defend the walls. Each movement of the banners mark, observe them when the skies grow dark. Be ready in the dead of night, and ere the morning bring the light. Taught by our loss, we may not scorn these legions of the forest born. He ceased, the Rakshas lords obeyed each at his post his troops arrayed and torn with pangs that pierced him through the monarch from the hall withdrew canto seventy three indrajit's victory but indrajit the fierce and bold with words like these his sire consoled dismiss o king thy grief and dread and be not thus disquieted Against this numbing sorrow strive, For Indrajit is yet alive, And none in battle may withstand The fury of his strong right hand. This day, O sire, thine eyes shall see The sons of Ragu slain by me. He ceased, he bade the king farewell, Clear, mid the roar of drum and shell, The clash of sword and harness rang, as to his car the warriors sprang. Close followed by his Rakshas train, Through Lanka's gate he reached the plain. Then down he leapt, and bade a band Of giants by the chariot stand. Then with due rites, as rules require, Did worship to the Lord of Fire. The sacred oil, as texts ordain, With wreaths of scented flowers and grain, Within the flame in order dear, That mightiest of the giants trear. 
there on the ground were spear and blade and airy leaves and fuel laid an iron ladle deep and wide and robes of sanguine colours dyed beside him stood a sable goat the giant seized it by the throat and straight from the consuming flame auspicious signs of victory came for swiftly calling to the right the fire leapt up with willing light undimmed by smoky cloud and red like gold upon the offering fed they brought him while the flame yet glowed the dart by brahma's grace bestowed and all the arms he wielded well were charmed with text and holy spell then fiercer for the fight he burned and at the foe his chariot turned while all his followers lifting high their maces charged with furious cry dire yet more dire the battle grew as rocks and trees and arrows flew the giant shot his shafts like rain and banners fell in myriads slain sugriva angadnila felt the wounds his hotling arrows dealt his shafts the blood of gaia drank hanuman reeled and mindia sank bright as the glances of the sun came the swift darts they could not shun caught in the airy nets he wove in vain the sons of ragus drove and rama by the darts oppressed his brother chieftain does at rest see first this giant warrior sends destruction mid our banner friends and now his arrows thick and fast their binding net around us cast to brahma's grace the chieftain owes the matchless power and might he shows and mortal strength in vain contends with him whom brahma's self befriends then let us still with dauntless hearts endure this storm of pelting duds soon must we sink bereaved of sense and then the victor hurrying hands will seek his father in his hall and tell him of his foeman's fall he ceased overpowered by shaft and spell the sons of ragu reeled and fell the rakshas on their bodies gazed and mid the shouts his followers raised sped back to lanka to relate in ravan's hall the prince's fate canto seventy four the medicinal herbs the shades of falling night concealed the carnage of the battlefield which bearing each blazing brand hanuman and vivishan scanned moving with slow and anxious tread among the dying and the dead sad was the scene of slaughter shown wherever the torch's light was thrown here mountain forms of banners lay whose heads and limbs were lopped away arms legs and fingers strewed the ground and severed heads lay thick around the art was moist with sanguine streams and sighs were hot and groans and screams there lay sugriva still and cold there angad once so brave and bold there jambaban his might reposed 
there Begadashi's eyes were closed. There in the dust was Nala's pride, and Duvid lay by Minda's side. Wherever they looked, the ensanguined plain was strewn with myriads of the slain. They sought with keenly searching eyes King Jambavan supremely wise. His strength had failed by slow decay, and pierced with countless shafts he lay. They saw, and hastened to his side, and thus the sage Vivician cried, Thee, monarch of the bears, we seek, speak if thou yet art living, speak. Slow came the aged chief's reply, scarce could he say with many a sigh. Torn with keen shafts which pierce each limb, my strength is gone, my sight is dim. Yet though I scarce can raise mine eyes, thy voice, O chief, I recognize. O oh, while these ears can hear thee, say, has Hanuman survived this day? Why ask, the vision cried, for one of lower rank, the Wingard's son? Hast thou forgotten, first in place, the princely chief of Ragu's race? Can King Sugriva claim no care? and angered his imperial heir. Yea, dearer than my noblest friends, is who on whom our hope depends. For if the Wingard's son survive, all we though dead are yet alive. But if his precious life be fled, though living still we are but dead. He is our hope and sure relief. Thus slowly spoke the aged chief. Then to his side Hanuman came, and with low reverence named his name. Cheered by the face he longed to view, the wounded chieftain lived anew. Go forth, he cried, O strong and brave, and in their woe the banners save. No might but thine, supremely great, may help us in our lost estate. The trembling bows and banners cheer, Calm their sad hearts, dispel their fear. Save Ragu's noble sons, and heal The deep wounds of the winged steel. High over the waters of the sea, To far Himalaya's summits flee. Kailasha there wilt thou behold, And Rishav with his peaks of gold. Between them see a mountain rise, whose splendour will enchant thine eyes. His sides are clothed above, below, with all the rarest herbs that grow. Upon that mountain's lofty crest, four plants of sovereign powers purchased, spring from the soil, and flashing there, shed radiance through the neighbouring air. One draws the shaft, one brings again, the breath of life to warm the slain. One heals each wound, one gives anew to faded cheeks their wanted here. Fly, Chieftain, to that mountain's brow, and bring those harps to save us now. Hanuman heard, and springing true, the air like Vishnu's discus flew. The sea was past, beneath him, gay. With bright-winged birds the mountains lay, And brook and lake and lonely glen, 
and fertile lands with toiling man on on he sped before him rose the mansion of perennial snows there soared the glorious peaks as fair as white clouds in the summer air here bursting from the leafy shade in thunder leapt the wild cascade he looked on many a pure retreat dear to the gods and sages feet the spot where brahma dwells apart the place whence rudra launched his dart Vishnu's high seat and indra's home and slopes where yama's servants roam there was kuvera's bride abode there brahma's mystic weapon glowed there was the noble hill whereon those harps with wondrous lustre shone and ravished by the glorious sight hanuman rested on the height he moving down the glittering peak the healing harps began to seek but when he thought to seize the prize they hid them from his eager eyes then to the hill in wrath he spake mine arms this day shall vengeance take if thou wilt feel no pity none in this great need of ragu's son he seized his mighty arms he bent and from the trembling mountain rent his huge head with the life it bore snakes elephants and golden ore over hill and plain and watery waste his rapid way again he traced and mid the wandering banners laid his burden through the air conveyed the wondrous harps delightful send to all the host new vigor lend free from all doubts and wounds and pain the sons of ragu lived again and dead and dying banners healed rose vigorous from the battlefield canto seventy five the night attack sugriva spake in words like these now banner lords the occasion siege for now of sons and brothers reft to robin little hope is left and if our host his gates assail his weak defence will surely fail at dead of night the banner bends rushed on with torches in their hands scared by the coming of the host each giant warder left his post wherever the banner legions came their way was marked with hostile flame that spread fury to devour palace and temple gate and tower down came the walls and porches down came stately piles that graced the town in many a house the fire was red on sandalwood and aloe fed and scorching flames in bellows rolled over diamonds and pearls and gold on cloth of wool on silk brocade on linen robes their fury prayed whales poles and yokes were bound and all the coursers harness in the stall and elephants and chariots gear the sword the buckler and the spear scared by the crash of falling beams mid lamentations groans and screams fought rust the giants through the flames and with them dragged bewildered dames each with overwhelming terror wild still clasping to her breast a child the swift fire from a cloud of smoke through many a gilded lattice broke 
and melting pearl and coral rose over balconies and porticoes. The startled crane and peacock screamed, as with strange light the courtyard gleamed, and fierce unusual glare was thrown on shrinking wood and heated stone. From burning stall and stable freed, rushed frantic elephant and steed, and goaded by the driving blaze, fled wildly through the crowded ways. As art with fervent heat will glow, when comes her final overthrow, from gate to gate, from court to spire, proud Lanka was one blaze of fire, and every headlock, rock and bay, shone bright a hundred leagues away, fought, blinded by the heat and flame, ran countless giants huge of frame, and mastering for fierce attack, the banners charged to drive them back, while shout and scream and roar and cry re-echoed through the earth and sky. There Rama stood, with strength renewed, and ever as the foe he viewed, shaking the distant regions rang, his mighty bow's tremendous clang. Then through the gates Nikumva hide, and Kumva, by his brother's side, sent forth the bravest and the best, to battle by the king's behest. There fought the chiefs in open field, and Angad fell, and David reeled. Sugriva saw, by rage impelled, he crushed the bow which Gumva held. About his foes Sugriva wound, his arms and heaving from the ground. The giant hauled him over the bank, and deep beneath the sea he sank. Like Mandar hill with furious swell, upleapt the waters where he fell. Again he rose, he sprang to land, and raised on high his threatening hand. Full on Sugriva's chest it came, and shook the banner's massy frame. But on the wounded bone he broke, his wrist, so furious was the stroke. With force that naught could stay or check, Sugriva smote him neat the neck. The fierce blow crashed through flesh and bone, and Kumba lay in death overthrown. Nikumva saw his brother die, and red with fury flashed his eye. He dashed with mighty sway and swing, his aches against the banner king. But shattered on that living rock, it split in fragments at the shark. Sugriva, rising to the blow, raised his heel's hand and smote his foe. And in the dust the giant lay, gasping in blood his soul away. I have briefly dispatched Kumva and Nikumva, each of whom has in the text a long canto to himself. When day fall, Ravan sends forth Maharaksha, or Crocodile Eye, the son of Kara, who was slain by Rama in the forest before the abduction of Sita. The account of his sailing forth, of his battle with Rama, and of his death by the fiery dart of that hero, occupies two cantos which I entirely pass over. Indrajit again comes forth and, rendered invisible by his magic art, slays countless banners with his unerring arrows. He retires to the city and returns bearing in his chariot an effigy of Sita, the walk of magic, weeping and wailing by his side. 
he grasps the lovely image by the hair and cuts it down with his scimitar in the sight of the enraged Hanuman and all the Banner host. At last, after much fighting of the usual kind, Indrajit's chariot is broken in pieces. His charioteer is slain, and he himself falls by Lakshman's hand. To the inexplicable delight of the high-souled saints, the nymphs of heaven, and other celestial beings. And of Canto seventy two to seventy five.